0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Video Games and Coffee. I'm your host Daniel and today I'd like to talk to you about what is to me one of the best video games ever made, one of my all-time favorites, and is one of those games that will always remain installed no matter how much space I need to free up on my hard drive. A story and characters so beautifully written that the mere mention of a possible sequel excites you but at the same time terrifies you. Because let's face it, sometimes perfection just needs to be left alone. Today, let's talk about Days Gone. Okay, well, welcome to the show. If you're a first-time listener, thank you very much for tuning in and uh, giving me a shot today. If you're a frequent flyer and a repeat customer, thank you very much as well, because obviously a 37-year-old man talking about video games is definitely your thing, so uh, I really lucked out with that one. Uh, if you're not familiar with the uh, with the podcast, um, Video Games and Coffee, we don't like to give away any spoilers or, uh, you know ruin it for anybody. I'm here to just talk about video games that had a real profound effect on me, uh, whether it's more recent games or or games that I grew up on. I really just love to show the game some love and the developers some love as well. So hopefully you enjoy what I have for you today, and uh, let's go ahead and get started. All right, Days Gone. So the reason I picked this up a while back when it was first released in 2019 was... Because it checked all the boxes for me. Uh, Open world, motorcycles, zombie killing, uh, uh, or freaks, freakers. Uh, Oh yeah, let's cover that real quick. You have your human enemies in Days Gone, but you are also fighting off hordes of infected that, to be clear, are not zombies. Uh, Despite their incredibly fucked up appearance, they are actually still people. uh, Infected people, and not reanimated corpses. So... Freaks, freakers, that's that's what the infected are called in the Days Gone world. Days Gone was developed by Bend Studio in Oregon, uh, famous for their siphon filter games, published by Sony, and was a PlayStation exclusive up until this year, actually, when it was uh, just recently released on PC. You play as Deacon St. John, a name that sounds so hard and manly that it practically punches you in the mouth every time you say it. You are a biker uh, that is surviving in a post-apocalyptic world. You're surviving with your best pal uh, and fellow motorcycle club member, Boozer, as bounty hunters. Hunting both freaks and human trash alike. Deacon's story is incredibly solid in the game. You know and understand his motivation from the very beginning, and you buy it. So it's no surprise he's the hard-ass that he is. Deacon is voiced by Sam Whitwer. Uh, now, Sam has been in a number of things, if you look him up, but when I first searched for the voice actor for Deacon St. John and saw his picture, I was like, is that the little shit from season one of Dexter, who tried to take credit uh, for the ice truck killer murders? That, that's that, that's immediately where my mind went to, and, uh, and yeah, that, that that's him from Dexter. Uh, his performance is wonderful in the game, and I love the personality he gave Deacon St. John, He can be so brutal and still come across as affectionate, a bit sensitive at times as well, when needed, uh, to other characters and situations in the game. Although he he is an an incredible hard-ass, and he takes shit from absolutely no one, uh, as you'll find. I do love the banter and inner dialogue they created for Deacon. The guy just sounds so, so angry and bitter at the world whenever he kills someone or something. Uh, it's something kind of like a "take that, you piece of shit" kind of thing, and it's 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 hilarious when whenever he takes somebody or, or something out. Uh, anger management is a term that died off with the majority of humanity, it seems, in this game. The game starts off with a very dramatic cutscene. Uh, total pandemonium in what seems to be a little town in Oregon, where Deacon and his uh, very injured wife are trying to be evacuated via a helicopter on a roof. Uh, His wife, Sarah, has a pretty deep cut in her abdomen, and he's arguing with a guy on the chopper, claiming they're already over the weight limit. Deacon so delicately convinces him to get Sarah out of there and to get medical treatment after pointing a well-placed gun right in his face. Uh, Sarah wants Deacon to go with her, but he has to stay behind to help his buddy Boozer, who is also injured with a nasty cut on his leg. We are also, at this point, introduced to Boozer, Deacon's pal, who I guarantee you has never skipped Shoulder Day and has the deltiest deltoids I've ever seen on any person, fictional or real. Those sons of bitches are the scariest thing in the game next to the Freakers. I do love the relationship between Deacon and Boozer. It was written very well. They consider themselves uh, themselves brothers and have each other's backs no matter what. That is something that stays consistent throughout the game, and you do feel that you can depend on Boozer uh, to go down with you should you find yourself in trouble with no one else to turn to. Once the cutscene ends, we are in present-day Oregon with Deacon and Boozer. Set two years after the events uh, that we saw in the cutscene, you quickly realize the world is absolutely, totally fucked up. At this point, it's clear his wife, Sarah, is no longer around and she is presumed dead. It's not explained how much of an impact that whatever it is that happened in that cutscene had on the rest of the world uh, throughout the game. It's not really elaborated on, but you do get the impression that it's, at the very minimum, all of the United States and quite possibly the rest of the world as well. Abandoned cars, houses and businesses, the lack of military and law enforcement, And the presence of survivor camps all lead to the inevitable conclusion that it is at, you know, at this moment, every man for himself and anything goes in order to survive. What I love about this game is your mode of transportation by motorcycle. That's not something that you really get in a lot of games like this. The speeding, jumping, drifting are all very satisfying and incredibly well done. It is so much fun traveling by bike, and it's unlike anything I've played before. The map itself is gigantic and beautiful. The details that went into the environment are fantastic, and this is one of those games I'll jump into without any real goal or agenda in mind, and just ride around from area to area, taking in the scenery and admiring just how outstanding of a job the folks at Ben Studio did. Bike upgrades are available and unlocked throughout the game. They're very fun. You can customize your bike in in numerous ways. They are made available for purchase at survivor camps using the in-game currency, being just referred to as camp credits. Everything from engine upgrades for speed, bigger gas tanks for longer rides before having to refuel. Uh, Yes, you do have to refuel your motorcycle when you're out In the shit, as they call it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you you can fast travel as well. And it will depend on how much fuel you have in in the tank. Because if you don't have enough fuel, then, you know, let's say insufficient fuel, and you'll have to find gas somewhere. Uh, As well as very cool cosmetic upgrades, such as paint and decals. Some of the bike themes reference other games, which I thought was really, really cool, uh, like Uncharted 4 and Death Stranding. The weapons and their upgrades are great as well. The developers did a nice job balancing out the rate at which you earn camp credits, as well as when upgrades are unlocked and able to be purchased. And what I mean by that is you can play through the story in its entirety and not have everything leveled up so much so early in the game that it makes the last bit of the story gameplay incredibly easy. You can purchase firearms, but like most games, you can create melee weapons as well. You'll find upgrade skills in the form of blueprints throughout the game, which allows you to craft melee weapons that are incredibly powerful and damaging. I mean, shit, hitting a freaker between the eyes with a baseball bat that has an attached (laughs) saw blade? I I mean, if that doesn't cross the T's and dot the I's, what does, man? The map is gigantic, as, as I mentioned before, and areas unlock as you progress through the story. Just like upgrades, areas become available and are spaced out very well so as to not see or do too much too quickly and risk players becoming bored early on. What I loved about the entire map is there are regions that differ greatly from each other. One region is a heavily wooded forest area. Another is a more desert-like with more you know dried-out brown colors. You also have cold and snowy regions. The details are incredible, and the days gone world was so well done. So, two thumbs up again to Ben Studio for creating such believability and realism. Now, let's talk about the enemies. You do have human enemies as well as the freaks throughout the game. Uh, the human enemies come in the form of like bandits, uh, marauders, uh, uh, just people who ambush you on the road. Like you'll be you'll be riding your motorcycle, and all of a sudden, if you don't catch it in time, you'll hit this, you know, kind of a clothesline type of deal, uh, trap that they set for you, because uh, they're trying to kill your ass and steal your shit. And then you have the, the Freaks. So, the Freaks, what I like about the Freaks is, like in other games, the level of infection, you know, kind of like in, in Dying Light, you have the the different kinds of of uh infected people, like you have your runners, your biters, the the uh the, the volatiles, all that. In The Last of Us you have clickers, bloaters, um, you know, all that weird shit. You have the same thing in this game. You have runners, you have the runners are actually infected wolves. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, you can the it's not just the, <laughs> it's not just the people who are infected. You can come across infected wolves as well and and uh you you're really up shits creek on that because those wolves (laughs) if you don't shoot them they will run faster than your motorcycle will so you you yeah that's that's bad news for you you have your breakers which are these like roided up really muscular uh you know the not i keep wanting to say zombies but they're not zombies but freaks but they 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 run at you they charge at you like the the goddamn juggernaut you have screamers which i think are really creepy they're these really skinny females with like really kind of wet greasy hair and they drool and when they see you they scream really loudly and it it stuns you for a bit to where you can't move and you can't see but it also attracts a whole other group of infected to to you know just gang up on you so that kind of sucks you want to try to take out the screamers as as quickly as possible and then shit man you have the hordes the hordes can be small hordes you know like 20 maybe 30 is considered a small horde and then you have your really large hordes when you walk into like a cave or just a a ditch and you see a whole bunch of them just huddled together you you want to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible and come up with a plan make sure your weapons are leveled up make sure you're leveled up make sure you have a lot of molotovs and and pipe bombs and shit like that because they will come at you and they are relentless man and you want to make sure you have a good exit strategy as well a lot of times it's what works for me when taking out a gigantic horde is you, you hit them and try to take out as much as you can using bombs or molotovs or, or whatever, and then you hightail it back to your bike, drive away a bit. They'll eventually stop and then turn back and go back to whatever they were doing, and then you just repeat the whole, the whole process again. But the, the infected man, the freaks, they can be extremely tough very challenging but again you add variety and it's not the same same exact thing over and over again um, recently uh, I can compare it to a conversation I had recently I'm actually playing Alan Wake the remaster that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago and it's really good the, the the narrative the story is is really well done but the enemies that you fight the what they call the taken it's kinda the same throughout the game so far. I think I've played through I forget what they call it. Do they call it just I think it's chapters or something. So I played it through like three or four chapters and the, the, the the quote unquote taken, the enemies haven't really haven't really evolved. So it's kind of the same thing when you're fighting your antagonist and you really want to get to the game just, you know, obviously for the story because at this point I'm not really expecting the enemies to get any worse or any harder. They come at they might come at me in in more numbers, but as far as how to take them out and the the technique to do so, it seems to be the same thing. So, but that's certainly not the case with Days Gone. The freaks uh the, the humans are definitely the same and you know what to expect when you take out a ambush camp, for example. But the freaks that's where it's at and that's where you'll get your get your ass torn apart for sure now i feel like i say this about every game score so here's the part in the episode where i talk about the music but i'm serious the score for days gone is just awesome nathan whitehead is the composer behind the badass music you hear and this is another playlist i have in my rotation really often The soundtrack contains tracks that are whiteheads for the majority, uh, which are original tracks for the game, but also contain four tracks that are songs you hear in-game by other artists, such as Jack Severetti, uh, Billy Rafool, Louis Capaldi, and Xander Reese. All really, really good. Really, really solid. All the music fits just wonderfully when you're playing and really adds to the setting, the moment, and overall feel of the game. The first track, titled Days Gone, is kind of the theme song to the game, and it's the one you hear at the main menu. Skip down to track six, titled The Broken Road, and nothing else on earth will make you want to ride a motorcycle with a backwards ball cap and take shit from absolutely no one more than listening to that song. The game controls are really, really good. Running, dodging, shooting, Melee combat, everything is very fluid and makes for a satisfying experience when fighting humans and freaks alike. Everything feels very natural and no action or motion really stands out to me as feeling awkward or difficult to perform. Same goes for riding your motorcycle. The steering is great and you can perform jumps and power slides that all chain together nicely and again feels very natural. The only action that I ever experienced some weirdness with is is when you're looting a car, for example, you have to hold down a button for a second, uh, square on PlayStation, and I believe X on the Xbox controller. And sometimes Deacon will move left, right, forward, backs, shimmy here, and shuffle there until <laughs> until you line him up perfectly and face the object that you're interacting with. Um, but it, it doesn't happen often, and it's the only thing that is even close to being considered annoying but that may very well be due to my own bad habits Uh, that's probably my fault uh, because I'm rushing I you know I I'm not getting Deacon you know lined up exactly with whatever object he's interacting with uh, because I mean let's face it I just I want to loot this car get what I can get and I just want to hop back on my bike as quickly as possible and continue whooping some ass so I'm sure that's probably me. At the main menu, you can also play a challenge mode. Um, so you can either hop into story or go into challenge mode. There are quite a few different types of challenges. So it so it's not multiplayer, but and it's not anything that'll contribute to your story progress. But you have you know you have real fun stuff like um, surviving waves of freaks, doing uh, a motorcycle race. Where basically, you know, you you got to make it from point A to point B uh, in a certain amount of time, wiping out a horde of infected in a certain amount of time, picking up and dropping off survivors, things like that. I haven't spent too much time doing challenges, but what I did play was fun, and the variety of challenges you have to choose from should provide a good time, depending on what, you know, what kind suits you. So the variety, you should find something for pretty much anybody that wants to go in there and just kill a little bit of time and do something different than just the story. So let's talk about the elements that make a great story. The setting, the plot, the characters, conflict, resolution. Days Gone hits all of those. A very important thing to do when developing a character is making you sympathize with them. If you are invested and care enough about a character that you sympathize with their decisions, whether those decisions are good or bad, uh, then the storyteller has done their job well. Whether or not you agree with what they did, if you understand why they did it, then that's what's important. Think about it. Imagine a choice your brother, your sister, or your best friend makes that you completely disagreed with. You care about them, you know them, so you understand. And you can sympathize with it. A bad choice a complete stranger makes doesn't really affect you one way or another that's what separates what deserves your sympathy and what makes you care at all. So great job to the writers at Ben Studio who brought Deacon to life and made all of his experiences, his actions, his emotions and decisions matter. His character and his character development, it's very it's it is it's not empty. You really get to know him. I mean <laughs> just, just that inner just that inner dialogue, man. You you you, you sense the rage uh quite a bit <laughs> there's I've read some funny stuff online when people are talking about like my God, why is Deacon so angry all the time but uh um <laughs> he is he's still he's very much likable he's very much likable and all the supporting characters in the game as well and um it, it's it's good that when the the game ends it is. It's a feel-good moment. It's a feel-good game. It doesn't end, believe me, it doesn't end nearly like, holy shit, man, um, The Last of Us 2. Yeah, psh, uh-uh. It, it ends facing the, <laughs> a completely different direction. So yeah, don't go into it thinking that just because there's the big doom, gloom, and dread of this, this really messed up world with this outbreak. Um, no, overall, it's a very enjoyable game. And as I said in the beginning, I, I'm really looking forward to the sequel. I haven't really read anything solid or for sure on it, but I cannot imagine that there will not be a sequel to Days Gone. It's, it's that good of a game, and I highly recommend that you give it a try. As of right now, I just checked. You can actually pick up Days Gone Deluxe Edition on the PlayStation Store, and you can pick it up on Steam as well for 50 bucks. So it's not too bad. It came down in price a little bit. So once you start up the game, um, the main menu has the beautiful score, the beautiful main theme to Days Gone by Nathan Whitehead, and I believe that track is called Days Gone. Uh, that is the main theme of the game. It's uh, the the main menu has it has a picture of a motorcycle, and actually that the picture of that motorcycle it it uh, it changes depending on how you customize your motorcycle in the game which I thought was a really cool nice little touch so the more you upgrade it and the more you customize it it actually looks that way in the main menu so you're greeted with that a uh, really good track so when you start a new game you're you got this again this really dramatic opening sequence um you get this town where everybody's running around like crazy, there's screaming and shit, there's you know just c- complete chaos. So you meet Deacon and his wife Sarah. Sarah's been injured and she's been stabbed. She says she's been stabbed by a little kid right in the uh, right in the stomach, right in the abdomen. So she's she's bleeding and it's not looking too good and uh, you're soon met uh, you soon meet Boozer. Boozer walks up and see you know sees what's going on. And at this point, you realize that what I said about Boozer before is no lie. He is exercising his right to bear arms here. I mean, holy shit. I mean, this son of a bitch, his arms are angry at his sleeves. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about once you see a picture of Boozer. It's unbelievable. I mean, shit, his arms made me blush. But uh, after he steps in and you meet him for the first time, you guys try to get Sarah out of there and again everybody's just going nuts it seems like it's it's almost like the opening to the last of us you know that that kind of shit but there was no calm <laughs> so it's like the last of us if the game opened up when you're downtown <laughs> when you're downtown and everybody's going nuts so you go to this rooftop where there's a helicopter there a nero helicopter and nero I mean, this isn't really giving anything away because you really find out early in the beginning. So Nero's obviously, um, it's kind of, they're, they're kind of like, if you played Dying Light, you know, the GRE, the the agency that hires Kyle Crane to do their thing, and they kind of ends up, you know, it's, they're kind of shady. Uh, that's kind of what Nero is. You don't really trust them at all throughout the game. You don't really know what to make of them. But, so there's a Nero chopper on top of a building. And you get your, you know, you get your wife, Sarah, up there, and you approach this guy in this space suit, right, this hazmat suit named O'Brien, and Deacon says, hey, um, you know, we need to get her to a hospital, she's bleeding out, and you know, he very dramatically says there are no hospitals, you know, it's like, oh, shit, you know, what, what happened, there's no, you know, there are no hospitals left, right, <laughs> so you're like, oh, man, um, so you say, okay, well, you got to have, you know, some type of triage or, or you know, MASH unit, whatever. And uh, and he refuses to take anybody at first saying that they're already over the weight limit. And Deacon so <laughs> so delicately, you know, puts his gun right in uh, this guy O'Brien's face. I, I'll never forget his tone. He, I mean, I've never seen somebody so, with such a calm tone while pointing a, you know, a hand cannon at somebody's face going, O'Brien you know, very, (laughs) very like, you don't want to say that. Um, but you know, obviously that, uh, you know, you don't need to twist O'Brien's arm at this point. He says, okay, I can only take two of you. And there's obviously three of them. So Deacon puts Sarah on the, uh, on the chopper, you know, with a very dramatic, you know, like, kind of like, you know, I'll be back for you. Kind of, kind of little exchange, um, he says he's going to stay with with Boozer. Now Boozer also has a he's pretty injured. He has a nasty cut on his leg and uh, and he says to Sarah Boozer's never going to make it without me. So he puts Sarah on the chopper. They go and then that scene just kind of um fades out. And then cut to I believe it's like 2 years later. Um now the re- the the reason the game's called days gone is because from what I get up, so whenever you go to the, to the, like the pause menu, the main menu, it says, um, you know, 700, whatever days gone. So I'm assuming that that's the day count from that moment when he puts Sarah on the chopper. Um, now it's either from that day or from just when everything went to shit just in general. So this is how many days have gone by, I guess, since, you know, since all that, you know, all that happened. So the game then cuts to two years later. Uh, Sarah's nowhere in sight. She is, you know, presumed dead. Uh, It's just Deacon and Boozer. They're riding their motorcycles. And this is when the tutorial starts uh, because the tutorial starts with teaching you how to um, navigate and and ride the the motorcycle, you know, teaching the basic controls like acceleration, braking, the nitrous, and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, you come up on a bike that was laid down. There's a woman leaning up against this little wall. Her name was, uh, Alvarez. She's not gonna last long. She, she kicks the bucket and, uh, but not before giving a name saying Leon did this. And Leon is this total, you know, douche nozzle that, um, You know, it rings a bell with Boozer and Deke, and they obviously know who he is. And then it just so happens he rides past them. Like I don't, I don't know why he returned to the scene of the crime, but he rides past Alvarez, who apparently he attacked and beat her to death. So, um, so she dies. They hop on the bike. They go after this guy Leon, and this is more the tutorial, and you're learning to navigate the bike, doing you know crazy jumps and shit like that. Really good. The, the. Bike steering and controlling may seem a little, may, may seem a little difficult at first, just because you've never really played anything that's that was really a a motorcycle, right? I mean, a lot of these games are cars, but it doesn't take long at all to uh, to pick up, and it's 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 relatively easy at first. You just have to be, you know, you have to be a little more sensitive on the left stick to uh, to go left and right, but because you want to avoid, you know, trees and other, uh, just abandoned cars and shit on the road, so, and at this point, actually, Leon's throwing fucking Molotovs at you, and <laughs> he's just like, whoo, and, uh, it's landing in the middle of the road, and he's shooting at you, so you eventually catch up to Leon, he lays his bike down, he shoots at Deacon and Boozer, um, doesn't do anything to him, they go after him, and, but, you know, you figure out, actually, that, uh, Um, Deacon's bike got hit by a, by a bullet, and it's, it's kind of fucked up, Uh, I believe it's the fuel pump, he said, because it's like leaking fuel and shit, so, but they go after Leon, they eventually catch up to him, and you kind of get the gist of, of what he did, Leon took something that belonged to somebody else, and, and, you know, you need to retrieve it, and um, you end up getting, Leon, it's like with a, with a gut shot, basically, and he's bleeding out. And he's like, okay, 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 you know, just, you know, here's a map or something. Yeah. He gives him a map with a location of whatever it is that he stole. And Deacon basically, you know, to convince, again, so delicately to convince Leon to give him, you know, whatever it is that he stole, he says, you give it to me, I'll, you know, I'll finish you off quick. Um, and if you don't, and you can hear, so they're on top of this like ridge or something like that. And you can hear all the, uh, the, the freakers down in this little, like this valley. And it's like a whole, like a whole bunch of them. And they're all eating and feeding and shit. And, and he says, uh, I can finish you off quick or I can leave you to the freaks, you know? And he says how it's pretty creepy how he says, you see, Leon. You know, he, he kind of dips his finger in his blood. He's like, "They can smell your blood from all the way down there." And it's like, "Oh shit!" Right? <laughs> so, obviously, these freakers are no joke. So, Leon gives him what he needs, and Deacon pop. You know, finishes him off, and uh, and Boozer grabs Leon's ball cap. Something. You know, and he says something about you know Tucker needs something for you know for the bounty. So. You hear the name Tucker. You don't know who this person is. So again, I don't want to give too much away. But that's really kind of how the game starts off. And um, again, Sarah's nowhere in sight. So you know that you're in for you know what exactly happened on that day. What happened to Sarah? What happened to the world in general? So, but that's pretty much like kind of the you know what happens in the very beginning. So uh, it, it is very engaging. The like I said the, the the voice acting in this is is just is fantastic. So it doesn't leave you bored. You know, I I heard that I heard somebody say that Days Gone starts off as kind of like a like a it's a slow burn, but you know, I don't I don't mind it because you know, in the beginning you're still learning the controls, right? Because it's more than just movement, you got to learn to craft items, you got to learn to track and there's just you know there's shit that you do when you're walking when you're biking, and there's all kinds of stuff, so I don't mind kind of a slow burn in the beginning of a of a very long game because it it gets me a little more comfortable so i can so I can continue on further and really to prove my point on that is um an example is holy shit uh cyberpunk, so I was really psyched to play cyberpunk, and it's it you know cyberpunk is a is a genre and a style that i I really dig, and when I finally got it, I got it on PC, um, mother fuck. I mean, the controls, and, and the, the, the button combinations, and actions, and this, and that, there is so much shit for me to keep track of, um, uh, when it comes to, uh, moving, fighting, aiming, shooting, um, you know, doing a takedown from behind, hiding the body, collecting things, I mean, that shit was like quantum, I mean, if you were to ask me to do anything in Cyberpunk right now, I mean, you might as well put put up just a, a, one of those gigantic fucking goodwill hunting quantum physics problem up on a chalkboard, because that's the same, I mean, there is so much of that game, Uh, now, I'm not taken away from it, it's a i mean, visually it's a gorgeous game and um I I'm sure it's a a really good game. I just haven't put too much more um into. It. I played about an hour or so, but I mean, I even went through all the training uh, stages little little training kind of sessions and shit and holy Christ, it I I I, could, I couldn't remember how to do shit. It was it was just a lot, a lot of So that's a game that takes some <laughs> some commitment and um and you know preferably unmarried and with no children but um so that's why I don't mind somewhat of a of a slow burn in the beginning of a game like that because it allows me to get a good uh get a good feel and a good kind of get some momentum built up before things things get too hairy so that pretty much wraps it up for this episode um i mean i don't want to keep talking at you the whole time i mean you know you probably experienced that guy that just goes crazy telling you a story and how awesome something is, and you're just like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, when's this over." <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, I hope I could convince uh, all of you to give it a shot. I mean, the game is not for everybody you you can't you can't walk away from it saying it's a bad game. Now, it, I'm not here to talk about you know frame rate, you know, and and. Uh, bugs and and all that shit this is not the place for it because all those things get worked out uh you know unless a game is completely neglected and not updated it it's not a it's not a poorly made game you know it's just maybe it's just not for you so uh, but nobody can walk away from from this game saying the story sucked uh, i i mean it honestly i mean i know it's it's a matter of opinion but I mean there was a, it's a solid story and it maybe it's just not for you. So if it's totally not for you, I understand that. I mean not everybody's into open world games um you know games that uh kind of do the zombie thing. You know even though these aren't zombies, it's still kind of the same same basic concept. Um you know, I I I myself I'm not a big fan of sports games, you know. Um <laughs> I'm not going to you know, spend my money on Madden or anything like that. I'm not going to walk away saying it's it's a bad game. It's just not for me. That's it. I mean, and and let's face it. Truly, the best sports game ever made was NBA Jam on Sega Genesis. So I'll just I'll just leave that right there. But it's it's days gone. I mean, Ben Studio sets such a high bar now for anything that follows because. It mixed a bunch of different elements from other games that are kind of like that um, into a, a very unique combination. I love this game. I absolutely love it. Um, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did, and it surprised the shit out of me, and I was pleasantly surprised. I was glad that I was uh, uh, that I ended up liking it as much as I did. So, uh, I mean... Hats off to Ben Studio. I mean, you guys did a phenomenal job. Uh, I don't know if a sequel is. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about it on Reddit, and uh, you know, they they everybody wants it. And every once in a while, I'll get I'll get clickbait click cl- clickbaited into um, you know going to a page where I, I you know I I think it's something that has to do with the the sequel, and it's just some some fan made shit. But um, you know, I'm kind of I am I'm very skeptical about a sequel because I really like this one. It's it's a it's a feel-good ending. It's a feel-good game. Although there are bad things that happen. There are losses throughout the game. You do experience tragedies. You do experience about a bunch of ugly stuff, but it's not a game that um you know, you got to recover from because it was so depressing. It's it's a really good, solid game. It's a lot of fun, and the replay value is I mean, it's unbelievable because you can still play through the story and um, and complete it, and still hop back, hop right back into it. And you still have a lot of other uh, hordes to clear out. Uh, hordes, you know, the, the 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 big groups of of freakers that uh, that nest throughout the map, and there's a whole bunch. To clear out, and they're hard as shit sometimes because the hordes. I mean, Jesus, man, they could be anywhere from thirty to six hundred. It seems like it's. Some of them take a while and a lot of strategy to to clear out. You have like your marauder camps and ambushes, that kind of stuff. But it is kind of depressing though when you do end the game and there's no more of the story that actually continues on because you really did like the the characters that uh that you meet and and that you become friends with you did like the little missions that they sent you out on because um there was always some kind of resolution you know uh um there's always like a little story behind the mission that you're going on you know like for example you're supposed to hunt down some asshole that you know shot somebody in the back or something like that over some stupid i don't know some some argument or some game or something like that and and uh, you know, they tell you over the radio oh, it was such and such and and such and such really wants justice for this person, whatever. So Deacon goes down and hunts their asses and Good night, Irene. Bye, you know. <laughs> so you're like, sweet, justice <laughs> was served. But, you know, it's just those little tidbits like that that make a game like this uh just just incredible. Um a, a really good experience and I like I said, I'm in love with the game. I it easily, for me personally, this is in my top top three. It's I, I can't I cannot speak highly enough about it. Um, when the I, I know it, it got a lot of beef over the bugs, and this is something else I really wanted to mention because Ben Studio was absolutely on it. Uh, a lot of people mentioned that there were bugs in the very beginning, and uh, I never experienced any crashes. So. I played it on PlayStation, uh, on the PlayStation 4. Um, I didn't have the, I didn't even have the Pro. I just had the regular, just PS4. And um, the only bugs that I experienced were when I would, sometimes I would stop the motorcycle and (laughs) and the rear wheel would just keep fucking spinning, (laughs) which is just, this is crazy. Um, I I thought it was funny, but uh um, so there was, there was that, uh, and another one was, uh, you know, eventually a particular bike is put away in like a little storage shed and not used anymore. And every time I walked past that damn storage shed, the headlight to the bike was on dead dude. Morning, day, night, it did, didn't matter. It was always on. I'm like, God, somebody shut that off. <laughs> shut that shit off. It's going to drain the battery. You know, that's where my mind went to because shit I I have a motorcycle man batteries are not cheap so turn that shit off but um I mean I have to say though when the game was first released in the first like 10 days 14 days Ben Studio put out numerous patches numerous I I, I mean it was a lot I've never seen that happen before so you know these people were just sleeping at the office constantly checking and constantly fixing it and listening to everybody's problems I haven't experienced anything other than that or anything since. So I have not played the PC version. I do have it. I haven't given that a try yet. Um, but I can say without a doubt on, on PlayStation, it's solid. I experienced no no issues. But uh, I, I, you know, geez, just give it a shot. If you love the game already, please let me know. We can talk about it. If um, If you haven't played it, I hope this convinced you to give it a shot, and if you end up uh, picking it up and getting the feel for it, let me know what you think. I- I'd love to talk to you about it because I think the game is that good. But thank you very much uh, for joining me again, and again for the first time listeners. I hope that was okay. I hope you. I hope you made it through. I hope you're listening to this and you didn't shut off. You know, <laughs> shut it off three and a half minutes in. Thank you very much. Uh, this was episode three of Video Games and Coffee. I'll be back with another one, but until then, uh, have fun, stay safe, be good to each other, and I'll talk to everyone next time.